Chapter Ten of Short Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Short Stories by Fedor Dostoevsky. Chapter Ten The Peasant Mary. It was the second day in Easter week. The air was warm, the sky was blue, the sun was high, warm, bright, but my soul was very gloomy. I sauntered behind the prison barracks. I stared at the palings of the stout prison fence, counting the movers, but I had no inclination to count them, though it was my habit to do so. This was the second day of the holidays in the prison. The convicts were not taken out to work. There were numbers of men drunk, loud abuse and quarrelling was springing up continually in every corner there were hideous disgusting songs and card parties installed beside the platform beds several of the convicts who had been sentenced by their comrades for special violence to be beaten till they were half dead were lying on the platform bed covered with sheepskins till they should recover and come to themselves again knives had already been drawn several times for these two days of holiday all this had been torturing me till it made me ill and indeed i could never endure without repulsion the noise and disorder of drunken people and especially in this place on these days even the prison officials did not look into the prison made no searches did not look for vodka understanding that they must allow even these outcasts to enjoy themselves once a year and that things would be even worse if they did not at last a sudden fury flamed up in my heart a political prisoner called m met me he looked at me gloomily his eyes flashed and his lips quivered je hais brigand he hissed to me through his teeth and walked on i returned to the prison ward though only a quarter of an hour before i had rushed out of it as though i were crazy when six stalwart fellows had altogether flung themselves upon the drunken tatar gazin to suppress him and had begun beating him they beat him stupidly a camel might have been killed by such blows but they knew that this hercules was not easy to kill and so they beat him without uneasiness now on returning i noticed on the bed in the furthest corner of the room gazin lying unconscious almost without sign of life he lay covered with a sheepskin and every one walked around him without speaking though they confidently hoped that he would come to himself next morning yet if luck was against him maybe from a beating like that the man would die I made my way back to my own place opposite the window with the iron grating, and lay on my back, my hands behind my head, and my eyes shut. I like to lie like that. A sleeping man is not molested, and meanwhile one can dream and think, but I could not dream. My heart was beating uneasily, and M's words, Je hais brigand, were echoing in my ears. But why describe my impressions? I sometimes dream even now of those times at night and i have no dreams more agonizing perhaps it will be noticed that even to this day i have scarcely once spoken in print of my life in prison the house of the dead i wrote fifteen years ago in the character of an imaginary person a criminal who had killed his wife i may add by the way that since then very many persons have supposed and even now maintain that i was sent to penal servitude for the murder of my wife gradually i sank into forgetfulness and by degrees was lost in memories during the whole course of my four years in prison i was continually recalling all my past 
and seemed to live over again the whole of my life in recollection these memories rose up of themselves it was not often that of my own will i summoned them it would begin from some point some little thing at times unnoticed and then by degrees there would rise up a complete picture some vivid and complete impression i used to analyze these impressions give new features to what had happened long ago and best of all i used to correct it correct it continually that was my great amusement on this occasion i suddenly for some reason remembered an unnoticed moment in my early childhood when i was only nine years old a moment which i should have thought had utterly forgotten but at that time i was particularly fond of memories of my early childhood i remembered the month of august in our country house a dry bright day but rather cold and windy summer was waning and soon we should have to go to moscow to be bored all the winter over french lessons and i was so sorry to leave the country i walked past the threshing-floor and going down the ravine i went up to the dense thicket of bushes that covered the further side of the ravine as far as the copse and i plunged right into the midst of the bushes and heard a peasant ploughing alone on the clearing about thirty paces away i knew that he was ploughing up the steep hill and the horse was moving with effort and from time to time the peasant's call come up floated upwards to me i knew almost all our peasants but i did not know which it was ploughing now and i did not care who it was i was absorbed in my own affairs i was busy too i was breaking off switches from the nut trees to whip the frogs with nut sticks make such fine whips but they do not last while birch twigs are just the opposite i was interested too in beetles and other insects i used to collect them some were very ornamental i was very fond too of the little nimble red and yellow lizards with black spots on them but i was afraid of snakes snakes however were much more rare than lizards there were not many mushrooms there to get mushrooms one had to go to the birch wood and i was about to set off there and there was nothing in the world i loved so much as the wood with its mushrooms and wild berries with its beetles and its birds its hedgehogs and squirrels with its damp smell of dead leaves which i loved so much and even as i write i smell the fragrance of our birch wood these impressions will remain for my whole life suddenly in the midst of the profound stillness i heard a clear and distinct shout woof i shrieked and beside myself with terror calling out at the top of my voice ran out into the clearing and straight to the peasant who was ploughing it was our peasant mary i don't know if there is such a name but every one called him mary a thick-set rather well-grown peasant of fifty with a good many gray hairs in his dark brown spreading beard i knew him but had scarcely ever happened to speak to him till then he stopped his horse on hearing my cry and when breathless i caught with one hand at his plough and with the other at his sleeve he saw how frightened i was there is a wolf i cried panting he flung up his head and could not help looking round for an instant almost believing me where is the wolf a shout someone shouted wolf i faltered out nonsense nonsense a wolf why it is your fancy how could there be a wolf he muttered reassuring me but i was trembling all over and still kept tight hold of his smock-frock and i must have been quite pale he looked at me with an uneasy smile evidently anxious and troubled over me when you have had a fright eh eh he shook his head there dear come little one eh he stretched out his hand and all at once stroked my cheek come come there christ be with you cross yourself but i did not cross myself the corners of my mouth were twitching and i think that struck him particularly he put out his thick black-nailed earth-stained finger and softly touched my twitching lips eh hey, there there he said to me with a slow 
almost motherly smile dear dear what is the matter there come come i grasped at last that there was no wolf and that the shout that i heard was my fancy yet that shout had been so clear and distinct but such shouts not only about wolves i had imagined once or twice before and i was aware of that these hallucinations passed away later as i grew older well i will go then i said looking at him timidly and inquiringly well do and i'll keep watch on you as you go i won't let the wolf get at you he added still smiling at me with the same motherly expression well christ be with you come run along then and he made the sign of the cross over me and then over himself i walked away looking back almost at every tenth step mary stood still with his mare as i walked away and looked after me and nodded to me every time i looked around i must own i felt a little ashamed at having let him see me so frightened but i was still very much afraid of the wolf as i walked away until i reached the first barn halfway up to the slope of the ravine there my fright vanished completely and all at once our yard dog volchok flew to meet me with volchok i felt quite safe and i turned round to mary for the last time i could not see his face distinctly but i felt that he was still nodding and smiling affectionately to me i waved to him he waved back to me and started his little mare come up i heard his call in the distance again and the little mare pulled at the plough again all this i recalled all at once i don't know why but with extraordinary minuteness of detail i suddenly roused myself and sat up on the platform bed and i remember found myself still smiling quietly at my memories i brooded over them for another minute when i got home that day i told no one of my adventure with mary and indeed it was hardly an adventure and in fact i soon forgot mary when i met him now and then afterwards i never even spoke to him about the wolf or anything else and all at once now twenty years afterwards in siberia i remembered this meeting with such distinctness to the smallest detail so it must have lain hidden in my soul though i knew nothing of it and rose suddenly to my memory when it was wanted i remembered the soft motherly smile of the poor serf the way he signed me with the cross and shook his head there there you have had a fright little one and i remembered particularly the thick earth-stained finger with which he softly and with timid tenderness touched my quivering lips of course any one would have reassured a child but something quite different seemed to have happened in that solitary meeting and if i had been his own son he could not have looked at me with eyes shining with greater love and what made him like that he was our serf and i was his little master after all no one would know that he had been kind to me and reward him for it was he perhaps very fond of little children some people are it was a solitary meeting in the deserted fields and only god perhaps may have seen from above with what deep and humane civilized feeling and with what delicate almost feminine tenderness the heart of a coarse brutally ignorant russian serf who had as yet no expectation no idea even of his freedom may be felled was not this perhaps what constantine aksakoff meant when he spoke of the high degree of culture of our peasantry and when i got down off the bed and looked around me i remember i suddenly felt that I could look at these unhappy creatures with quite different eyes that suddenly by some miracle all hatred and anger had vanished utterly from my heart i walked about looking into the faces that i met that shaven peasant branded on his face as a criminal bawling his hoarse drunken song maybe that very merry i cannot look into his heart i met m again that evening poor fellow he could have had no memories of russian peasants and no other view of these people but je hais si brigand yes the polish prisoners had more to bear than i end of chapter ten recording by greg giordano 
Newport Ritchie, Florida.